0: Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 15 through 21, we see Jesus heal crowds of people and then tell them not to talk about it. And this is biblically recounted as a fulfillment of a prophecy that was centuries old, seven plus centuries old at this point. Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 4. Here's Isaiah, uh, here's Isaiah 42, 1 through 4 uh, in The NIV 84, here's my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. This is God the Father talking about God the Son through his instrument, Isaiah the prophet. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. And so Jesus allows us to see the biblical account of the spirit of God descending upon him like a dove upon his baptism at the hands of John the Baptist and he will bring justice to the nations. There's no other standard by which justice can be measured compares to the standard of God himself, the one who invented justice, the one who is just, the only one who is just. Here in election season, may your faith not be in a politician. May your peace be that which surpasses understanding is irrevocable and is given to you by the very same Spirit that descended upon Jesus, the very Holy Spirit of God, not trust in your fellow sinner who occupies a public office. I don't care who's in office. My sense of peace for me, and my household has nothing to do with who is in office. They may affect our tax dollars and they may make decisions that affect the infrastructure of the town around us, but they do not hold sway over my heart and my household. The Spirit of God does. My trust is in the prophecy of Isaiah 42, which is to be fulfilled in Christ. He will bring justice to the nations not a political candidate. So if you're watching this concurrently with the Redemption Church, you know that it's election time. And even if you're watching this later on in another church that uses this study after the fact, you're still, I guarantee you there's turmoil in the political headlines because there always, always is. Trust in Jesus because He is the one who brings justice to the nations. And this justice doesn't come about by acquiescence to depravity, Justice doesn't come about by ratifying, codifying and legalizing sinful behaviors. Rather, it comes with the treading of the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. That's the nature of Jesus's second coming. See, Revelation 19, here in his first coming, he is meek and he is kindly toward those who struggle with their sin. But in his second coming, he will bring about the very justice that is prophesied. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. That is not the nature of Jesus' first ministry. In the second coming of Christ, we see angels shouting out the gospel overhead to hard hearted crowds across the earth. But in his first coming, he made no word in his own defense when he stood on trial before Pontius Pilate, or Herod, right, or the governor, like he, he never spoke out in his own defense. And this amazed people, the time for justice, right, the absolution that we seek, that we hope for, the ultimate making right of all things wrong, that comes in the second coming of Jesus. In His first coming, behold His meekness and His tenderness. As He just said, as you saw in this week's sermon text, He is lowly and He is humble in heart. There's no grandiosity about Jesus, though He was absolutely do it. Rather, as Isaiah prophesied, He did not shout or cry out or raise His voice in the streets. The time for loud proclamations and even violent enforcement of justice upon evil, that would come later. But here, he is the one who would be forced to walk the streets, carrying the instrument of his own execution. Behold the meekness of Jesus and emulate it when it comes to, for example, speaking to others about their own struggles, if they exhibit conviction on the matter, right? If they're flagrantly inviting other people into sin, then you do have to be bold and, and and speak when this affects you directly in your household if somebody sins directly against you. However, uh, when I'm evangelizing somebody individually across the across the coffee table from me who maybe struggles with sin, then we don't you don't you don't pound someone over sin that they've confessed. You don't harangue someone if they are, as the text describes, the bruised reed, the smoldering wick. This is how Jesus approached sinners. In an upcoming session, we're going to see the woman with the alabaster jar pour out expensive perfume at the feet of Jesus. Her name was Mary. It's possible she was Mary Magdalene, but we don't have, we don't have a clear biblical indicator. Miriam uh, was a uh, and, and its, and it's Uh, adaptation, Mary, were very popular names uh, in Israel at the time. But this woman is pouring out extravagant worship at the feet of Jesus. She was then preparing him for his burial. Think back to the wise men and their gifts of frankincense and myrrh. All right. These were burial, uh, uh, burial oils and spices. This was something that was used to prepare him to die in his first coming. This was the nature of his ministry. So, may we take a a similarly gracious attitude when we're speaking with someone who exhibits conviction over their sin, especially somebody who has confessed sin. This is the salvation moment. That conviction from the Holy Spirit that leads to repentance, that comes only from God. Only the Holy Spirit would convict for sin and call us to repent from sin. This is a beautiful moment, so don't break the reed, don't snuff out the wick emulate Jesus in such moments, this is the way He responded to the crowds of people who were coming to Him for healing, even as on the heels of a ministry wherein He healed a man in anger. His anger was toward the hard-heartedness of the Pharisees. His gracious compassion, as prophesied in Isaiah, is toward those who would come to Him for healing. So, if somebody is coming to Jesus for healing, you're in the evangelistic moment. That's not a fire and brimstone preaching time. Right. That is a time to emulate Jesus who did not break a bruised reed, who would not snuff out a smoldering wick. It's a sacred conversation when you're there at the coffee table and your friend exhibits conviction over sin. This person being saved right before your eyes as they confess Jesus is Lord.